Hello and welcome to the Vote Her podcast because when you vote, great things can happen. I'm Mara Davis. It's 2023. I'm a media maven, talent booker, publicist, and political enthusiast. I am Terry Anulowit, state representative from Cobb County, Georgia. And by the time you're hearing this, I am going to have been sworn in for my third and a half term. Congratulations. <laughs> That's exciting. Thank you very much. So, it is exciting. So you're, everything's starting up at the Gold Dome. So you're like, eh, this is old hat for me. I know where everything is. I know what I'm doing. You're feeling comfortable. I'm very comfortable, but it's also very exciting. It's like the first day of school combined with like going back to summer camp. It's, you know, you see your camp friends. Like it's a lot of people you don't necessarily see all the time or keep in touch with all the time, but they're your camp friends and you go back to camp. And so yeah, you know, reconnecting with folks and seeing the advocates. I think this is going to be an exciting session because for the first time since March 12th, 2020, which was when everything, that was that was the crossover day 2020 and it was the, that was the last normal day that we had of the legislative session when we went back in June to finish that session. Right. We you know, every we were sitting in the gallery, we were sitting on the floor, everyone was wearing masks, we were being covid tested three times two, two to three times a week, which was all fantastic and kept literally kept us all alive, right? Yep. You know, but we didn't have pages, which are the kids who come down to the Capitol and help, you know, help send messages. We didn't have members of the public coming down or advocates coming down to the ropes, which is that area, you know, outside of the entrance to the doors of the chamber. We didn't. We haven't had all of that since March twelfth, twenty twenty, and so it's going to be exciting to go back and have things functioning in a way that they previously had been. We have a lot of members who are coming in for their second term who have never seen the Capitol. Oh, like that's that. exciting! Yeah, do you so know what you're wearing? I do. I do. <laughs> you picked out your outfit. I do. I, I do, and it involves pleather, and it's fabulous. <laughs> that's great. Yes. Oh my gosh, you're probably the only state representative wearing pleather. Probably not. Oh, oh, I'm sure. Oh, no. I will not be the only woman wearing pleather, Mara. Come on. Okay. All yeah, right. Fair enough. Be. So the legislative session this year, I don't know. It feels like it may be a little bit like honoring um, uh, uh, Ralston, Speaker yes. Ralston, uh, who kind of, you know, who sadly passed away, but pretty much was like, hey, we got to dial it back and do things that help both sides. That's right. We need to focus on policy. So in this first Monday, you know, the day that you're listening to this is going to be a very bittersweet day because Speaker Ralston isn't going to be there. You know, there will be a, his, his presence is, the lack of his presence is going to be profound. And I think that it won't hit a lot of us until, until we get down there. You know, we won't be sworn in, but we will be sworn in by, you know, Speaker Jan Jones, who is the, you know, the, the first woman speaker of the House. We're actually going to be having a ceremony. The Women's Legislative Caucus is having a ceremony at 8 a.m. at the House to to commemorate this, to honor this, because there will never be another first speaker of the woman speaker of the house in Georgia. And that is worth, I think it's worth noting. So, you know, we'll be marking that occasion. We're going to have the swearing in. Unlike two years ago, you know, like two years ago, you could bring in one person. Like my husband, Chris came and held, held the Bible for me when I was sworn in. Now we're going back to, you can bring, you know, your, your spouse, you can bring your minor children in with you. So, oh, so is everybody coming? Yeah. Yeah. Aww. Yeah. Which, which will be good because, you know, they haven't done that in, in four years. It's like, exciting. It is. I know. My son was a freshman. Now he's a senior. And so he's like six inches taller. And, but it, it is, it's going to be a really, a really good day. And it'll be a, a, Again, it will be a bittersweet day, but it's it's exciting. And then, you know, we'll we'll be sworn in and then there'll be the election of the speaker and then there will be the 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 not really nomination, but but we we go through the these ceremonial things of, you know, installing the clerk and the who is the you know, the person who like when you bring a bill, they manage the bills, the first readers, second readers, the clerk has a huge job in the house. So we'll officially appoint the clerk, the messenger, who is this wonderful, wonderful woman, Betsy Thoreau, who's been with the house for a very long time. And so we'll, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll appoint the clerk, we'll appoint the messenger who'll be Betsy, and then we'll appoint the chief doorkeeper, which is also a very important job. And we have a full fleet of doorkeepers back because we're going to have, you know, the gallery is going to be open again. So that'll be exciting. And then I think we'll probably be finished by 1130 because a lot of people I know want to hop on airplanes to go to California 
for, for the Georgia game. For the Georgia game, go dogs! Oh, yeah, right. so it's I'll be, yeah. So I'm going to try and actually take advantage of every reporter who's there at the Capitol on Monday afternoon looking for someone to talk to. And I'm like, I'm here. I can do your interview. Well, number one, I think it's great. I love the pomp and circumstance of it. I think when we have so much, we've had so much divisiveness over mm-hmm. the past couple of years that people lose sight of what an honor it is on how special it is for the family and how really you may see people arguing with each other, but at the end of the day, you have respect for both sides of the aisle and, That's right. and how, you know, your family members and you're all the same and people from all over the state are coming together, even though Everybody is excited for the Georgia Bulldogs. I saw like a couple of people saying like, because it is in a weird way. They're like, we got to leave early because there's a football game that's like on late at night. On late at night. But yeah, for us, because it's, <laughs> it's, it's like right. three hour, three hour difference for the time zone. But like, let's not shame them because the Georgia Bulldogs is something that pretty much everybody can agree on, right? So, no, that's exactly right. They're, they're, uh, no, they're, yeah. It is not just one party that wants to get down to Hartsfield Jackson so they can make their flight to Los Angeles. Right. I mean, so it is exciting. And um, a horned toad is a really weird mascot. No, it's super weird. Super weird. (laughs) Yeah. Like what? I don't understand. I don't know. I don't know. I went to high school in Texas. We called them the horny toads because we were high schoolers (laughs) in Texas. (laughs) It's funny because it's Texas Christian. Texas, yeah. Texas TCU. I'll tell you what, they they recruit hard from a lot of the independent schools here in Atlanta. I've I've seen more and more notices about kids going off to TCU. I think they're recruiting hard. So Um, while we're on the topic of football, um, which will be exciting. And everybody watched, of course, that very exciting Georgia-Ohio State game on New Year's Eve. Were you watching it? No. Because it looked like I saw on your Instagram, it looked like you went to a, like a fancy we were party. At a, we were at a wedding. We, oh, yeah, you look we, great. Yeah. You well, guys are you. a handsome couple. Thank you. I got the silver fox next to me. Yeah. No, so we were, we were at a wedding in New Orleans on New Year's Eve. Uh, I love a wedding in New Orleans. I love a fancy party on New Year's Eve. So it was like my perfect storm of wonderful things. We were paying attention to the games. <laughs> we had uh, some, a lot, of course, of the, the couple lives in Atlanta. Uh-huh. Half the couple, the, the, okay. the bride was from, is from the New Orleans area. And so, uh, but the groom is from Georgia and they met up here in Georgia. And they, so a lot of folks, like there was, there was a woman there with a, it was a black tie wedding. And there was a woman there with a Stetson Bennett jersey over her, oh over her formal dress, which was fabulous. So people were, you know, watching their phones. Um, a lot, most people, you know, were very, very there and present for the wedding, but also, and it was a Catholic, you know, it was Catholic. It wasn't a full mass, but okay. it was in a Catholic church. So that ceremony lasted an hour. Oh, I've been oh, through yeah. those. Yeah. So it <laughs> was, a long time. it was like one of the most, one of the most beautiful churches in New Orleans, yeah. but it, um, you know, people were paying into, you know. Not checking, and actually made an announcement prior to the ceremony. Like we know everyone's very and you know and and wants to know what's happening with this wedding. That please, poor bride. please be present for the bride. Group. No, and everyone really was because they had. Um, it was <laughs> it was a beautiful beautiful wedding, and the ceremony was at a wonderful hotel in New Orleans. And some of some of the Georgia folks, some of the fans said, "Well, we're going to go down to the lobby to watch on the TV." And I'm thinking to myself, like, this is this hotel doesn't have a TV in their lobby, but good luck. <laughs> well, I mean, everybody now has a phone so everybody can see it, but I'll yeah. tell you what, I mean, everybody's been on the edge of their seat about uh, the Buffalo Bills, Damar Hamlin. Oh, yeah. And um, I just, this clip uh, that I really, really loved from his doctors talking about how he was doing. Did we win? The answer is yes. You know, Damar, you won. You've won the game of life. Uh, and that's probably the most important thing out of this. And we really need to keep him at the center uh, of everything else that's going on. And we, I just want to note too, cause I feel like doctors have gotten such a bad rap over the past couple of years and what we've had. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, suddenly we have Facebook doctors and then we have real doctors right. and how we have to appreciate people like that. I love what they, I love that, you know, obviously if you didn't, if you haven't heard about Damar Hamlin who collapsed on the field on Monday night football, and I think a lot of parents, and we I know we have a lot of moms listening as far as feeling like, oh my gosh, football, what, what, while it's the biggest thing that we're talking about here, but gives people pause. Oh, I had this conversation with a lot of my girlfriends about, you know, how, you know, and you hear about, you know, every, every so often there's a kid in Little League who gets like hit in, you know, right in that one spot in their chest with the baseball and just, you know, their heart stops and they drop dead. It happened, I know... Because my son plays lacrosse and something like that happened during a lacrosse game. You know, we make sure both my kids play lacrosse. We make sure they have all the, the chest protection. It's, it's, if you really let your mind as a parent go down that rabbit hole, it can be terrifying. It, it absolutely, uh, I, I, that, the night that that happened, I was up all night. I was very upset about it. I wasn't watching the game. 
But, I, you know, of course, I'm seeing it all play out in social media. And then, like, once it happened, I did not want to watch it again. But it's just amazing seeing these doctors and how we have to appreciate doctors. And, and um, yeah, I, I, the fact that he is aware and is able to communicate, I, I will be very honest. I was not expecting that outcome at I all. I was not at all. And, you know, as far as from a PR standpoint, the information that we're getting is probably the worst case scenario. So I think he's doing better than they're leading on to. Anyway, so we wish him the best and we wish all the Georgia football players and the TCU players the yes. best of health uh, coming up for the natty. Uh, you know, the natty. The natty. It's, 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 it's uh, not the natty light. It's, <laughs> I just think a natty light, right? Oh, People call it the natty. Okay, so the other competition that's going on is at Congress in Washington, D.C. Oh my God. Oh my God. So the time that we're taping, like I, they've got through 13 rounds for 13. A, uh speaker uh, for the speaker who is not Kevin McCarthy yet you as someone we just talked about what that feels like getting sworn in now all these people have been on hold right because because of this is going on that's right so all of the members of congress are technically members elect because they can't be sworn in until until you've got the speaker and there's no speaker yet, which is why we have the House clerk, Cheryl Johnson, who's been presiding over the chamber. And that I am ready for some reporter, and I'm sure it's going to happen. Maybe it's already happened by the time this is, this is out, to do a deep dive on Cheryl Johnson. Because yeah. I, like, I want to know, is she drinking like lemon tea the way singers do before a concert? <laughs> like She's just saying over and over and over again, saying these names, doing these roll calls. I mean, she, she is the real hero of this whole yeah, thing. But yeah. meanwhile, you have members who haven't been sworn in. You have their staffers who I don't think are getting paid because they're not officially on how, I'm not sure how all this is working, but I've heard that a lot of the staffers are getting paid, that there are a lot of holdups with constituent services. I mean, thankfully, if you're having an issue with the VA, if you have a passport emergency, you know, you can call Senator Warnock or Senator Ossoff. Right, it's business right, as usual right, on the right. Senate side. But it is a real, this is, this is it's an embarrassment. And I, I love that that Nancy Pelosi, that Joe Biden, like they have very much adopted the like, look, not my circus, not my monkeys. Right, exactly. They're like, hey, you know, I mean, can you imagine if this was going down on, on Nancy no, Pelosi's watch? No. It would be like all, like it would be batshit crazy, Fox yep. News catnip. And that's why I want to bring this up. So uh, those who listen know I love The View. And Alyssa Farah Griffin is one of the, is the conservative co-host. And, you know, it, it is a circus of their own making. And I loved her take on it because mm -hmm. uh, Lauren Boebert from Colorado was on uh, Sean Hannity. Here's a, a little bit of, of all of that. But, Sean, I, I did watch your show last night. Is this a game show? And I like, we're going to pick— on this motion. Did, we're going to no, 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 pick Jim no, no. Jordan Listen, one day, I, I Donald's the, the other day, Trump the next day. This. Kevin McCarthy does not have 218 votes. Kevin McCarthy and you will have, not and be And you speaker. have 20. I, Kevin I asked McCarthy you a very specific question. If by Listen, Friday when we, when we you get don't have right, 30. I will not, Sean. I will not withdraw. <laughs> <laughs> this is the part I love, uh, what Alyssa says. Okay. <laughs> So it, it kind of sounds like she's not budging. So I, I, what, I'm going to ask you, what I, I is going on? I say a big boo-hoo to Sean Hannity. They, <laughs> Fox News and the right-wing media created Lauren Bilber. That's right. They've featured yeah. her on air. They've turned her into this star. So now she's weaponizing that power. Yep. And it honestly kind of reminded me of when Hannity, before January 6th, had people on his airwaves spreading election lies, waving affidavits mm -hmm. of alleged voter fraud. And then after January 6th saying, we need to stop with these election lies. We need to, you know, not be spreading that anymore. You created this, you own it. That's the reason the House, Repu the House Republican Conference is in chaos right now and we can't get a governing majority. My prediction remains, Kevin McCarthy is giving them the kitchen sink. He's given them a kidney, anything that he can. I don't see how he can pull it off. I just don't really? see how he can. Oh, what do you think? I think he will eventually pull it off. I think he's already sold his soul. He's well past that point. Like he's given them every concession they've asked for. He's he's capitulated to every demand they've made. They're still not all voting for him. I think they're just trying to prolong the mortification. He will be speaker and he will be an impotent speaker. What's 
it it's just I I, I really liked though what Alyssa says oh, because yeah. it's it's literally like they made their Frankenstein yeah. like they did it they yeah. created it you, you break down, it you buy it yeah you lay down with dirty dogs you're gonna come up with fleas so um and and I also got a kick out of this because it's like when you lose Judge Janine oh Judge Box of Wine. <laughs> You know, with all due respect, I mean, the woman barely won her race. You're holding out until Kevin falls. What is the alternative? What do you want? What is the option? What can people agree on? You want the Republicans to vote with, to get the Democrats to get a Speaker of the House? Can you imagine Nancy Pelosi saying, let me get some Republicans so that I can be the Speaker. I can put them on committees. This is an embarrassment. And, and I got to tell you that the, the, the it's gone on long enough. It shouldn't have happened this way. He's done everything. You're lowering the threshold to boot him to one person to get a vote to boot him out of Congress. This guy raised a quarter of a million dollars. Half these people voting billion. against him. How much? A billion. He raised a quarter of a billion dollars. Okay. But, but for the, for the house. Right. Okay. All right. And All right. I, yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's just like, wow. Yeah. Judge Janine. When you've like, lost what? Judge Janine, when you've lost Hannity, like, <laughs> come on people, but they are, you know, and, and you know, Again, what kind of a leader is Kevin McCarthy going to be if he is basically painted himself into this corner of crazy where he can be held hostage by someone who won by like 500 votes in a district that was drawn for her last year? I know. It's, I mean, it's, it is so, it is, I kept, you know, you know, prior to the failure of their red wave, we kept being, oh, Democrats and disarray. So I was like, okay, what's a good synonym that starts with R so we can have our our alliteration? And all I could come up with, the best I could come up with was ruination. We've got Republicans in ruination. Um, they are, I mean, it is a disaster. So what I hope to bring this back to Georgia, what I yep. hope happens in Georgia yep. is, you know, because on Monday we'll have our vote for a speaker. Uh, my hope is that, because there is a little Freedom Caucus faction here in Georgia. We don't know who, exactly who they are. It's a secret. It's a secret club. And we don't know exactly who they are. But I'm hoping that they don't try to stake their claim. Because this is a moment where Georgia Republicans can really clearly say, look, we're not like them. You know, we're here to work for policy. Because the only message that these national Republicans are sending is that they don't care about policy. They don't care about no, serving constituents. They, they just want to do crazy Hunter Biden's laptop. Right. They want to do all this bonkers stuff that that I think the majority of the American public and even Republicans, they don't want that. No, no, well, no, they ridiculous. don't want that. It's like, it's, and, and I always go back to like, if you're that upset about Hunter Biden's laptop, then you should be upset about Donald Trump Jr., Ivanka, Yeah, Eric. there's a lot you I should mean, be so, upset about. So it's like, okay, okay. Is, is Hunter Biden a shady dude? Most Definitely. Although I, I do I, have to say, did you see him at the Kennedy Center Honors? No, I didn't. But I did download the book, his his ex wife's memoir. Uh, I haven't read it yet. Oh, uh, right, because they were go. they. Oh, uh, right. Yeah. Right. But I kind of like that Biden sort of doubles down just in a yeah. different way. He's like, yeah, this is my son. And he's going to be at the Kennedy Center Honors Absolutely. with all those, you know. With George and Amal and all. And yes. Yeah. I, yeah, it was really good. It was really good. So we'll really good. shout to, out to my cousin. She works there. She's awesome. It was, a, it was, it was so, so great, especially the high women. But anyway, oh look it God. up. So good. Okay. So we'll have to wait and see what happens there. Um, of course, representative. I mean, it's crazy how like Marjorie Taylor Green is trying to be like the sane one, which is really weird. Like <laughs> yeah. Marjorie Taylor Green, unlikely voice of reason. Uh, uh, yeah, and then she's like, no, you guys, come on, we want Kevin McCarthy. It's like, oh, <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> they're, they're they're way beyond and, her. And there's something, there's stuff in it for her. And that Andrew Clyde, remember from Georgia? Oh my, not oh, forget, yeah. he's the guy who called January sixth a tourist attraction. The tourist attraction. He's the guy who like wears his weird man bag for his zooms. It, Okay, here's the thing. If you live in Andrew Clyde's district, you could have had a really amazing person named Kevin Tanner as your representative, and you voted for Matt Gertler and Andrew Clyde was like, whatever, you, you know, the, anyway. Well, and he anyway. was the one that, he Ridiculous. was the one who had um, the machine gun that, he did. In, in his- um, He has that armor when you're driving towards Athens and you go by the place that store, looks like- right? yeah, Yeah, but it looks like, it's a gun store that looks like, like a knockoff medieval times. It does. It does. It looks like, looks like this knockoff, you it's know, lower the poor medieval man's times. Yes. medieval times. The poor right? man's medieval time. And that's his store. And I'm sure he's made a gazillion dollars 
telling people Obama's going to take their guns, so you better buy them all now. <laughs> That's um, right. Yeah, it's That's right. Um, yeah. Well, well, while we're on the topic of January sixth um, not being a tourist attraction, the Presidential Citizens Medal uh, given out by the president uh, was a Georgia Connection, Ruby Freeman and Shea Moss, who were the election workers in Fulton County, and mm-hmm. uh, really went through the ringer via President Trump and his surrogates. Yeah, and, and still are. And and stood, you know, it's really funny. You you say that. I was looking for a clip to play, which I haven't, I, you know, we want to get to our guest, but um, I was looking them up, Terry, and I found all these conspiracy theory oh, tweets. Yeah. And and this is like, you know, from like this week. Oh yeah, no, Reese, no, that's the thing. Their lives will never be the same again because of lies that were perpetuated by people that include the lieutenant governor of the state of Georgia. Fake elector, Burt Fake Jones. elector, Burt Jones. When you see him walking around the bill capital, are you going to say, get him a, a F.E.? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to have to like try to get bills through the Senate, so I should probably do it. Now. I know, but I know. A- so I, I'm curious to know, like that's, I, that's something, all this like stuff I want to ask our guest because he's going to definitely mm-hmm. know more about that. So with that, we will get right to it. Our guest today is Theron Johnson, and he is featured on Political Breakfast on WABE. He's also the founder and CEO of Paramount Consulting Group and a partner at Authenticity Partners and a political strategist, and is here with us today. I can't believe this is the first time I've ever talked to you, Theron. I was thinking the exact same thing. I'm a huge fan of this podcast and have heard so much about you, but yeah, you're right. we Definitely been in the same room a lot, but never had an opportunity to have a dialogue. So I'm excited. Well, we're excited to have you too. We had been talking a little bit about the upcoming session and everything that we can expect. So what is on your radar? Well, the first thing I think many people in my position were thinking about, and I'm actually a registered lobbyist, lobbyist in my day job at the state level and local level is really just figuring out this new norm, meaning, you know, former speaker, the late David Rawson will not be there to be that sort of steady hand in the house and a sort of moderate leader and keeping things together in, in the, in the state house. Then we're also thinking about, you know, Lieutenant Governor Jeff Duncan, who decided not to run for election, um, you know, with the election of Lieutenant Governor Burke Jones, what would that look like? And also got to give a you know big, big shout out to Jan Jones, who became the first, um, you know, Republican uh, female uh, House Speaker. But it looks like John Burns will be the next speaker. So Democrats, we, one, are going to be united. Uh, we got to figure out how do we, you know, take the tough loss of Stacey Abrams, but also celebrate the monumental win of, of Raphael Warnock and make sure that you have a plan in place to address some very important issues that matter to Georgia residents, uh, particularly continuing to try to stimulate the economy. I think Medicaid expansion is going to be something that's going to be talked about a lot. Of course, we're going to have to have a conversation about voting rights and the access to voting. We would not be Georgia if we didn't talk about that. But I think you know you also have 50 plus, I think it's roughly around 52 new members of the state house and state senate so you have a whole new great uh you know number of talented people who are coming into office with no sort of allegiance to anyone uh of course their parties and their their constituents but just really new ideas new energy and you know we lost them some good people in the, in the meantime as well so i think that it's going to be a really good session and a lot of folks are really excited about some of the things that um, are going to unfold. And I think we're actually, I think actually we might be up to 54 new people in the house because we, we of course, lost Speaker Ralston. So we're going to have a new representative for that seat, which I would anticipate would be Cherie, Wal- Cherie Ralston, who is by her own right, completely qualified to to serve. You know, she's done a lot of work in economic development up there. She is, she's very qualified. And then uh, the late representative Wayne Howard from the Augusta area, he he passed away, and and shortly before the holidays, also, and his brother actually won in the special election for his seat, so he's going to be joining us also. So I think we're up to fifty four new folks. 
Yeah, that's correct. Right now, as we're on this podcast, there's roughly four special elections that are going on. Mm -hmm. Um, And so once those elections are going to be sort of happening, I think two of them have been kind of decided already, but then you have a couple of them. You mentioned uh, Sheree Rawson's race for the late David Ross, and that's going to a runoff that's going to happen on January 31st. So ultimately, you're right, the number will uh, be a total of 54. And then I, I would also just say that the other thing that I think a lot of folks uh, need to be paying very, very close attention to is how will Governor Kemp sort of govern in a second term? He, he won his election uh, with a pretty clear mandate. So what are going to be some of the important issues that he is concerned about uh, and how would he work with a new lieutenant governor, a new speaker to try to achieve his agenda? I'm curious about what with, you know, there's been so much talk about the Fulton County, you know, grand jury investigation, Fulton County, Fonnie Willis's, uh, what she's been up to the past year. And here we have our lieutenant governor is one of the fake electors. And how is that going to play if or will it play into the session at all? What do you think? Well, Lieutenant Governor Burke Jones and I uh, have an interesting history. Uh, You know, we have developed a pretty good relationship over the last two years, but sort of my first um, encounter with him was when he was pretty vocal uh, and out front of leading an effort for the state of Georgia to take over the Atlanta airport. You know, Hartsville Jackson Atlanta International Airport is the world's busiest and most efficient airport in the world. And so, um, you know, I was obviously against his uh, willingness to have a conversation with that about that. And then over time, you know, we've we've agreed to disagree on that subject. But you're absolutely right. Uh, His investigation uh, was 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 uh, sort of, quote unquote, postponed because of political reasons uh, with him deciding to be a participant and as a fake elector. And so we will see how that will play out. And then also now that Donald Trump the former president, uh, does not have as much influence in Georgia as he once had, uh, what would that play out? And then the last thing that to particularly stand with Burt Jones, who, you know, again, you got to give him credit. He, he worked hard, got through a pretty tough primary election against Bush Miller, who was a dear friend and, and did a lot of great things for Georgia. And he won his general election, but, you know, he was also a supporter of the annexing, um, from Atlanta in an effort to create what we call a bucket city. So Burt Jones, Lieutenant Governor Burt Jones is going to have a lot of work ahead of him. And I think that his people are trying to really figure out what type of Lieutenant Governor will he be? What type of identity will he create? And how will he get along with his fellow state senators? Yeah, I guess those ads with the puppies aren't going to save him now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, he, he, he definitely... I will give him some credit. I mean, I've, I, I've heard from a lot of people on both sides of the aisle that he's taking some time to reach out to folks. He's listening. Um, and then, like I said before, you know, we, we have a, um, a a good open line of communication. But I think we'll know pretty soon within his first 15 to 30 days the type of lieutenant governor he will be. That's good. Well, and, you know, I, that's I'm glad to hear that he is. You know, open. He is listening. He is trying to strengthen these relationships because I do think it's going to be important because we have a lot of important things that Georgians expect and frankly deserve us to do. And, you know, in terms of how, you know, we, we've got to deal with issues of learning loss with education. We've got to deal with, you know, how we, you know, how we, if, if we're going to be going into a recession, how are we going to, you know, what armor are we going to give ourselves as a state? There, there are a lot of really important things that we do need to be talking about. And I'm hoping that we, you know, I know in the House, we're going to have, I think, a, a probably a smoother leadership transition than they might have in the Senate because of those, you know, those, those relationships. But I'm, you know, I'm optimistic. Hopefully, as his awareness increases, you know, when, when you are working for the entire state, you know, when you're working for someone beyond just your district, I will He's a fake elector, but I will give the benefit of the doubt um, and and try and keep more of an open mind. Yeah, I think that's fair, but it's it's hard. I mean, it's hard. It's hard. Someone tried to be a part of overturning a free and fair election, and so uh, what are your predictions with the Fonnie Willis? I mean, it seems like this this I mean, this is really heating up. I mean, and there are a lot of people involved. Uh, do you have any predictions there? Well, I think the first thing we have. To- do is really step back and look at how this 
grand jury investigation, this special grand jury investigation has been going. I mean, you know, whether you are Democrat or Republican, I think both parties agree that it's been well run. Um, she's been very patient, particularly with Governor Kemp when he uh, was cooperating with the investigation and asked for it to be sort of postponed for political reasons during an election. Um, you know, people have been testifying. She's called a lot of witnesses. Um, so I think, you know, you can't really discredit the investigation. You know, it, it, it's taken a little longer than probably she would expect it. But ultimately, I think that it's been pretty thorough. So now, uh, as that is coming to an end, uh, a lot of folks are going to be really looking to see what is going to be the outcome. Will there be charges that will be made? And, and this special grand jury will make a recommendation. And so Fannie Willis has instantly become a national brand uh, as far as district attorneys. And partly because one of how she's um, succeeded her predecessor, Paul Howard, um, who got a lot of criticism on his way out, but also who still did a lot of good for Fulton County, but unfortunately lost his race to, to her. But she came in with a lot of bipartisan support. You guys remember, I mean, she received a lot of support from Republicans as well as Democrats. And so once this grand jury investigation started, you saw a lot of Republicans coming out, sort of criticizing it, saying that it was very politically driven. But she has not allowed that to distract her for her mission at hand. So uh, no predictions for me, but I do think that she's definitely got a great team who's working on this. Uh, and there's a lot of evidence that was uh, presented. A lot of people testified. So we had just to wait and see what happens. Wow. Uh, we're on the edge of our seat with this. And, you know, I pose this question to you and to Terry, um, representative in all words. Um, okay, so the social issues, it seems like the past couple of years, like these social issues have been so big, you know, and I want to talk about uh, the abortion pills that have now been ruled with the FDA where you're going to be able to really get them in pharmacies. Um, and, you know, we talked about earlier how Speaker Ralston wanted to sort of stay out of the social issues. But do we think that people are going to be putting bills on the floor to 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 stop these? Oh, yeah, I think we'll see bills. No, I don't, I don't necessarily know where those bills, how they will proceed, which committees they'll be assigned to. I think some committees might be more open to them than others, depending on who is chairing those committees. I think, but I think we will see bills for sure. Darren, what are your thoughts on that? You know, I'm a huge fan of what State Representative Vanolovitz always sort of is able to sort of predict. And look, she's down there every day uh, with her colleagues. And so she knows sort of what the temperament is leading up to the session. But I think she's right. We will definitely see bills. Um, but whether or not these bills actually make it to a full vote or out of committee or if they make it out of a chamber, we'll have to just wait and see. And look, I mean, there's there's an intention every year to not allow the social issues to really take over the real intent of, of everyone wanting to deal with health care and the economy and education. Um, but when something happens, one bill, one bad thing that can happen outside entity sort of enters, you know, something dealing with sports uh, or an event that wants to come to Georgia, it can easily turn. But I do think there will be bills, but I'm just not sure if it will supersede the intent of Democrats and Republicans are trying to really get some real issues solved this upcoming session for, for Georgia voters. Yeah, I mean, let it go. I mean, seriously, it's just, it's so stressful to think about that. Well, and even with, you know, looking at the FDA's decision to allow local pharmacies to fill prescriptions for Mifepristone, it's, the reality in Georgia is under House Bill 481, you still have to have an ultrasound to check for the, you know, the, quote, fetal cardiac activity. And so it'll be, you know, easier to get it. You won't have to go by mail, but you're still going to have to go to a doctor's office and prove that you are less than six weeks pregnant. Right. But people are going to find a way to get it without doing that too. I would. I mean, yes. Yes. We're not endorsing. I mean, well, whatever. I mean, you know what to do. All right. Gambling. What about that? Uh, both of you. It seems like gambling's pretty popular. Well, and do you mean sports betting? Do you mean yes. destination resorts, which is the euphemism for yes. casinos? Do you mean horse racing? Yes. I think sports betting yes. is where it's going to be. I'd be curious to see what, what, what Theron thinks. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I think, you know, full disclosure, I was um, one of many uh, lobbyists last year who worked in a very sort of uh, joint effort. It was a coalition of us who really were trying to move the sports betting bill 
through the legislature. And then unfortunately, uh, it was grouped in with horse racing and uh, destination and casino gambling. Uh, you had the people who are the, you know, the, 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 um, the FanDuel's and the prize picks of the world. Uh, we were all trying to get a consensus on a piece of legislation and, you know, got to really compliment the Democrats. And, you know, and I know State Representative Anolovitz was involved in this, but really pushing everyone to say, hey, let's make sure that the Georgia lottery is at the table. Let's have an uncomfortable conversation, but a necessary conversation about needs based and where that money is going to be allocated. You know, let's make sure we, um, it's a rural effort as well. Now all the money should go to metro area. So I believe that that work that we did last year, even though it was not successful, it kind of laid the foundation for now. Um, different organizations are going to come together and make a legitimate case of why we need to really just catch up with the times and, and, and make it a legalized process because we know in Georgia people right now are betting illegally. Right. And at a time where Georgia is about to, you know, host the FIFA World Cup in 2026, I think we just got awarded the college football national championship in 2025 in the playoffs. Uh, we've got to make sure that we're prepared for those moments. Right. I just, ugh. Like horses. I don't like the horse racing because it's like. I don't sense I, much of an appetite for at, at the Capitol for having even even going down into that conversation and having the hearings. I think that we're going to see sports betting and just sports betting. I mean, obviously, the destination resort, you know, the casinos, that that is a very active lobby. They have a lot of supporters. I think that conversation is going to continue. Well, you get good I, concerts too when you, you have casinos. Well, and that but that brings up a whole other issue that with the Fox and their, you know, the Fox oh, Theater and a lot yeah, of the yeah, other yeah, theaters. Yeah, 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 there are a yeah, lot yeah. of layers to that onion. But in talking that's why I think that what we're gonna when we talk about gambling in 2023, what we're gonna be talking about is sports betting. Because we know, you know, on Monday when this airs, we've got the we've got the natty. And there are going to be a lot of people making a lot of bets on their phones and none of that revenue is going to be going to Georgia. Well, we're going to have to keep our eye on it. Yeah, real real quick, guys. And Terry, you know, there's the difference also is that sports betting does not require a constitutional amendment. Right. Um, you know, casino gambling does and horse racing now. But real quick, I, you know, I've worked on casino gambling as well. I do think you're right, Terry. There's a lot of good people a lot of my fellow colleagues who are pushing hard to bring destination resort casino gambling uh, to Georgia. And there's another way to kind of help stimulate this economy. So we'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, I love a game of blackjack. So I, you know, it's just, yeah. yeah. Well, um, all right. So I, Farron and Political Breakfast, you and Brian Robinson, you're like Atlanta's Hannity and Combs. That is a deep cut, Mara. <laughs> you know who was on Hannity and Cole many years ago? Chris Anulowitz. Oh, well, there you there go. You go. Um, so it's like, that's, that's been like a fun gig for you, right? To, to kind of spar with, with, I mean, you listen and I know Brian and Brian's been on the podcast before. Um, so, so I, what's, what's, what's it like behind the scenes with the two of you? Well, the first thing is I got to shout out uh, to people first, Dennis O'Hare, who oh, yeah, really um, took Brian's call. Yeah, he took Brian's call and Brian said, hey, we want to do a podcast where you bring on a credible Democrat and a credible uh, Republican and let's have a very intense, factual, funny, but civil conversation about Georgia politics. And, and Dennis uh, gave us that opportunity. And then Lisa Ram really is phenomenal. I mean, she she has to be a referee a lot of times as you guys know, with your podcast, really making sure that Brian and I can actually stay focused on, you know, what we really need to talk about. So she does a wonderful job of, of, of keeping us in line. And, and she's just that awesome journalist who uh, really allows us to be ourselves. But look, you know, Brian and I and Terry, you know this, uh, we're friends. But, you know, there are some moments when we start talking about certain things where our friendship is tested. But the one thing that we agree upon, even when he's upset with me and there's been some times that I've been upset with him, uh, we realize that we have a, a huge following uh, that really just want to hear our, our point of views and we try to remain civil. But as you guys know, look, people want candor. They want um, you to be factual, but they also want it to be funny. They want it to be engaging. And I think that's uh, what we've been able to offer now for, for, for seven years. Right. Okay. No, it's it's clear that you and I've seen y'all go, you know, you know, 
live together, you know, listen to political breakfast, but the the genuine enjoyment that you have of each other is apparent. And I think that that's kind of the secret sauce. It's good. And Brian's good. not that. Oh, I mean, Brian's, a, I love there's, Brian. I mean, there's some people. crazy people, but it's not that crazy. And you're also on the Georgia gang too. Yeah, Georgia gang, a um, little different dynamic, you know, with my Melita <laughs> uh, Easter does a wonderful job. Uh, she's like you all, a very pro woman. And so she comes from that foundation and every answer. And then, you know, we have Martha Zoller as well. Lori Geary, I got to give her a big shout out, is the host of the show and she does a wonderful job. Um, and then, you know, we have Jason Carter on from time to time, Bobby Cable as a Democrat and and then Brian comes on Georgia Gang every now and then. And then my good friend, Phil Kent, who, uh, who, who right when I think he's getting better and he's not going to be as <laughs> conservative as he can be, he'll, he'll surprise me every now and then. But Phil is the veteran uh, on the show. And Dick Williams, I owe him just a tremendous amount of gratitude. He actually found me and, and brought me on. And Jeff Dickerson, Alexis Scott did a really good job on that show as well. Well, oh, yeah. I mean, you know, and Terry and I talk about this all the time. We talked about this with, you know, with Jen too, and eventually uh, Jen will be back. But, you know, it is, it, it is a throwback to the old days when you could spar over politics and then you go out for dinner after. And I feel like we've lost so much of that in the past five years. It's, it's really a bummer. But I'm hoping we're able to regain that with the new folks coming in and, you know, we'll, it, you know, it, one thing to remember, like when you talk about people being on the other side of the aisle in the Georgia General Assembly, there is no other side of the aisle. Everyone is just, we're all just there together talking about our kids and our pets. And so hopefully we will get back to that, that respectful, you know, you can disagree without being disagreeable. I, I've said this, um, you know, behind Terry's back and, and, and then I'll say it, you know, on this podcast, I think, you know, we, we as people who are on the outside, that civility that you guys bring, it really helps us do our job for our clients. But, you know, one thing I think that the Democratic House Caucus, there's a limitless opportunity here because, you know, there's just so many rock stars in that, in that caucus. And then when this new group of women who are coming in, um, you know, some of whom are lawyers, uh, some of whom would come, you know, from some, some areas in the metro area, but rural areas and in the diversity, um, with the ethnicity and, you know, and, and, and all that. I mean, it's just going to be really, really anxious to see how the house will continue to, uh, play a key role in passing legislation in this upcoming session. Well, we're looking forward to it. And you have Terry and you can listen to Theron on WABE with more strong women over there like Martha Dalton and Lois Reitzis and Rose Scott and more, and not Mara Davis. I don't know, Mara's music mix. Theron, put in the good word for me. I really want to get back on the air Everybody, there. Every time I'm with you somewhere, people <laughs> ask you about Mara's music mix. I mean, tell Dave Barriswain what's happening, what's going on. <laughs> they used to like me there. I don't know what happened. I'm a pretty, I'm a pretty effective lobbyist. <laughs> Thank I, I would you. definitely make sure... Oh. That I start live for you. That we gotta, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta try to bring you back. Appreciate it, Theron. Thank you so much for giving us the time today. All right. Well, a lot to look forward to in the 2023 session, Terry. It's there's a lot happening. I mean, we are going to have you know, in session today, Monday. We are off, of course, on Tuesday because hopefully everyone's going to be really tired from celebrating the Georgia win. Uh, Wednesday, we're going to be convening, I think, in the afternoon. Uh, Wednesday evening, the governor is hosting. This is a new thing. It's the state dinner, which is where he's having all of the members. And I would guess, you know, all the other constitutional folks, statewide folks are going to be coming for a dinner at the Capitol, which is, is, a, is a new thing. But I think that's a, a nice tradition to start. Uh, then on Thursday is the governor's official swearing in and Thursday evening is the inaugural gala. And of course I'm going, I don't miss a fancy party. Oh, so you get to go to all oh, that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We're going so, to all these things. So you get to be with, um, I just call it now M-A-T-G. Do you know what that stands for? What is M-A-T-G? I don't. Oh, oh yes, of course. What is it? Marty and the girls. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah. Hashtag. M-A-T-G. Yes, yes. So yes, they, I'm, I am certain I will, they will all be there. Well, because the, um, at the inaugural gala, oh crap, what's his name? It's like a, a big country person is- Travis Tritt? No, 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 no. He's Jason a younger Aldean. one. Jason Aldean? 
Maybe. He's like the one who goes to Mar-a-Lago. Like he's like the one with the anti-trans, There's, uh, Brittany Aldean, like they're no, terrible. I got to find, I got to find the email, uh, with, uh, but yeah, there's a big, I don't think, I think, I think even Jason Aldean is probably too crazy, uh, for, for the guests. So like, okay, no, the inauguration ceremonies. Morgan Wallen. The inaugural <laughs> gala. No, somebody's. Somebody's, it's like a, no, it's a big country person. I don't know who the country person is. All right. Well, we'll. Re- anyway, it, yeah. You'll report back to us. Um, I will. So, we, well, we always try to get to the lighter side. Um, and by the way, I'm going to want the full review and the, of the inauguration and all oh, yeah. that. I want to know everything. I want to know what it was served. Like what food is oh, served. Oh, no, it's not like, it's not like that. No, there, no, 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 no. There's no, no, no. there's not a nosh. Uh, I mean, maybe like if you, maybe, I don't know. I mean, usually it's like, Cash bar situation, cash unless bar. you have a suite. So of course, oh. yeah. So then you, I like, I find out which folks have suites and who I know suites, and then we just go. <laughs> so, and this is a long tradition with me. So I will say, back and for the Barnes inaugural in '98, uh, my boyfriend at the time had done some volunteering for the campaign, so uh-huh. we, we were invited to the gala. We we're like, heck yeah, fancy party. Um, and we went and we we're like, what the hell, a cash bar? Like this sucks. So we. Um, I was like, you know what? If we act like we know what we're doing, we, I was like, I, you, I saw there were suites up above and I was like, we're just going to like, you know, act like we were supposed to be there and nobody's going to question us. You're wearing a tux. I'm wearing a, you know, a gown. And we, so then we got our free drinks. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. <laughs> I mean, listen, you know what? So if, I've got 20 years of getting into these suites, Mara. Fake it till you make it. Fake it you make it. Like, exactly. like, like you own the place. Okay. Exactly. Um, so uh, I noticed over the holidays, uh, I looked at, Terry's Instagram post and Terry was like sort of humble bragging about all the books she had read this year. And I, I I mean, I was in, listen, nobody knows, it takes one to know one, sis. Like I, we all do it. Oh yeah. But like, you read a shitload of books. I set a goal. How many did you read? I I think my goal was 52 and I think I got to 54. 54? How do you? So, so, but but I, I like this about you because you do Audible and you do Kindle. You do yeah, it all. Yeah, it's mostly Kindle, but some Audible. It's funny because my husband asked me, he was like, wait, do you count audiobooks? I'm like, of course I count audiobooks. Okay, this is a, this is, and maybe we can have our audience weigh in on this because mm-hmm. I feel like I get shamed by people who hold books in their hands um, th- that like having an Audible book isn't really reading a book. Okay, first of all, that's ableist bullshit. Second of all, no, a book is a book. It doesn't matter how you're consuming your, but it is ableist to to think that there's- but people are like, oh, it's not the same because you know you're shutting off your mind and you're, you're really, and I'm like, wait a minute. I if They've so, clearly never listened to a really good audiobook. So like if I'm driving and listening to a book, am I not ingesting the no, same exactly. content? No, exactly. That's why I think it's BS. No, I- I am firmly in the camp of a book is a book is a book. And I, again, I, and I do think it is ableist for people to be smug about audiobooks. For whatever reason you're listening to them. There's a lot of smug audio, no. any audiobook well, people. There are people who are smug about people who read on their Kindle. And, you know, I'm, I'm a, a heavy Kindle user because I like to stay up and read and my husband likes to go to sleep in the dark. So, and I like sharing a bedroom with my husband. So <laughs> we, I, I was an early Kindle adopter and I love my Kindle. And I, you know, I like, so, like a book I'm reading, you know, just finished reading Jesus and John Wayne. I, I've been reading on the Kindle, but Chris did the audio. And so I'm actually able to go back and forth. Like, you know, I'll read a chunk on my Kindle. And then if I'm driving somewhere, I'll, my the Audible will pick up where I left off on my Kindle because it's the magic of Amazon. Right. So the, I think the only, the downfall is, is like, I can't, it's hard for me to share a book. Like if my husband and I want to read the same book. So that's tough. Yeah. Well, so we have, but if you, we, we have the same Amazon right. login. Or so. if you, or, oh yeah, I guess he could do that. Yeah. yeah we yeah, just yeah. have the same Amazon okay. login. So you read a highbrow book, Jesus and what? Jesus and John Wayne. Okay. I'm going to read that because yeah. it's all about evangelicals in the Republican Party. And that's like, that is catnip for me. I do like that kind of content. Yeah. But I read a book that really, like everybody had, I need, you know, I, I, you read 52, I read maybe 14 because I force myself with, if I get one audible credit, mm-hmm. whatever. And then I make sure I get a book every month. So, and I listen to 9 million podcasts. So I do no, think- No, and that's the thing. I, I think that there like are a lot a of pass. ways- No, I, I agree. I completely agree. So 
I listen, I listened to that book. It ends with us, which was the book that everybody, it was like the new, like 50 shades of gray oh, yeah. or like the book that everybody had to read. And I am so mad at that book. Nevertheless, I finished. It's like Firefly Lane. I'm like, this is ridiculous. I am not stopping until I finish. And even you read that. I read it. I, I read it fast. Now I am. <laughs> I am a. I'm a very fast reader. I read in chunks, which is why. And I'll get to something in a second that's been a challenge for me. But I do like. I tend to read in chunks. I'm a very fast reader, and I like flew through this because like I have to finish this. But I. <laughs> This book is garbage. It's it's like look, it's heavy handed, and I'm I I I I will say that like I'm I did finish it, and I and if there are haters, uh, you know Colleen Hoover. I mean she I get I do not realize that that book got so popular through TikTok. Oh, I didn't know that either because I'm not on TikTok. So because of course I did a deep dive, and I'm like, oh, is there going to be a TV show on this shit? I'm like, sure. It's just like I'm sure it's like everything happens. I mean, it's. I mean, look, there's. I don't want to spoil it because I didn't really know what it was about. I was like, everybody is talking about this stupid book. It keeps like I look at the book charts. So anyway, um, but you brought up the point that the characters' names are like porn names. They are porn names, and that was the. And I'm sorry, I'm. <laughs> Nobody names their kids these names. Come on. Like the main characters' names are Ryle and Atlas. And the main character's name is Lily, um, which that's a normal name, although I found her to be so annoying. That's another thing, too, that people have said about audiobooks, that sometimes if the narrator can taint your view of the character. I I can see that. And I didn't listen to the audio view, but I'll say I read the book, didn't listen to the audio book, and I still found her to be annoying. Okay. So I do, (laughs) I I appreciate that the author, Colleen Hoover, had a lot of, she she went into great detail following the book because there is, uh, you know, domestic Domestic abuse. Domestic abuse is is sort of the main theme of the book. And she goes into, she puts a lot of really good information. Personal information. Personal information because, you know, and in, in her epilogue and, and resources and things to do, which is which is good. And if you're in, you know, if you're in Metro Atlanta, for example, you can go to the YWCA. If you're in a situation, you can go to Live Safe Resources. Um, there, there are some amazing organizations here in Metro Atlanta if you are in one of these situations. And I think that that's an important thing to note. But it's also important to note that nobody names their kid Atlas or Ryle. Okay. They're what you name yourself <laughs> before you embark upon your OnlyFans page. All right, then. Uh, Christina Loringer, thanks for producing. Terry's going to update us on everything that's going on underneath the Gold Dome um, from, you know, the floor to the cafeteria. Terry is there. And, uh, you know, more guests to come uh, and special speakers as we are back with Vote Her Podcast. And thanks for listening. Listen, uh, make sure you like and rank the show if you're here. If you can give us five stars or four, if we're only worth four. And tweet us, message us. We're worth five. We're worth five. We're worth, We're five. worth five. Don't don't undervalue but yourself. Rate us and spread the word. And thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>